In a world where the Marks think they know better than the wrestlers and the bookers, the Fantasy Booking Institute exists to pretty much do exactly that. This is a visit from the FBI. Welcome to another episode of A Visit from the FBI, your weekly dose of pro wrestling fantasy booking. I am your host, Detective Mark Smarks, and I'm joined, as always, by my partner in crime fighting, District Attorney Vincent K. Fabe. What's going on, man? How are you? I'm swell. Uh, I'm impressed with your reduced delay to make sure that myself or our counterpart did not interrupt your introduction. (laughs) So... The last couple of weeks, it's been pretty long. <laughs> this week was not so long. I, I've been taking a drink to wet my whistle before, but I chose not oh, to. Oh, is that, is that what it was the other weeks? Okay. Yes, that's usually Three, what Three, two, one, uh, 45 seconds later, go. It gives but, me a nice big gap to spot on the waveform to edit things out. <laughs> if you perfect. ever <laughs> edited video or audio, you would know what that's talking about. Yeah, that's a... Uh... I don't do my job real well. I don't know why you think I do other people's jobs well. <laughs> also joining us, uh, speaking of editing audio uh, and video a bit, um, is our RCMP from up north, JLB. What's going on, man? It goes, it goes. That's how it is. That's what it does. Things are opening up here in the north side of things. Um, but, you know, still practicing social distancing, still washing those hands, and uh, haven't actually done those video uploads in quite some time, but I'm going to be getting to it because I just finished my school exam and I am done for the summer. So I am fan freaking fantastic and still have my fingers crossed. Hopefully I did pass that exam. So not too shabby, good sir. Not too shabby at all. You're just opening up up there? Man, Nebraska's been doing it for like a month. Oh. Nebraska's never shut down. What are you talking right. about? We never shut down, true. But we also then, about a month ago, said, yep, time to start opening stuff up again. And slowly. Like, right. You know, first, they said, go to go to work with long hair. That's what they said in Nebraska. Yeah. They said, yeah, <laughs> we're not going to open up, like, like salons, um, but, like, bars and restaurants can reopen. But just don't see too many people close to each other. Didn't those uh, open first? Yeah. That's and then crazy. And then, they're, I mean, finally now, everything's... I think they still technically have, like, a 50% capacity rule. But, 50%, yep. But who knows? Anyways. They uh, also um, have, like, most salons and stuff take it more serious than our governor does, so... Yeah. But, I mean, it's a good thing that our uh, COVID cases have been going down. And wait, wait, what's that? I'm being told that they haven't been going down. They've been going up. That's the opposite of down. Um, mm. So it's a good thing that our COVID cases are there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's pretty crazy. You guys, uh, you guys uh, in the uh, you guys in the states, it's it's pretty messed up. It's uh, pretty crazy with all the cases. I think you have like twenty three states where cases went like fifty percent higher and stuff. It's oh, yeah. uh, pretty bad over there. Yeah, yeah, but this is the wild west. Pew pew. <laughs> Anyway, uh, if you are new to this particular uh, show on the Raw and Order channel, I guess is what we can call it. 
Uh, the premise is simple. We take turns challenging each other to book some unknown and often very unlikely scenario in the world of pro wrestling. We don't discuss them in advance. We don't give each other hints, so our answers are going to be entirely off the cuff, made up on the spot. And I think that leads to some really fun stuff happening and sometimes some really dumb stuff happening, which also can be fun. Um, I would like to remind everyone before we get into it, though, that uh, make sure to like, share, and subscribe to this podcast so that you get notified when we post new episodes. Um, you can also head on over to our Patreon site, patreon.com slash rawandorderwbu. You can support us there to get sweet perks like ask, access to our Discord server, commercial-free episodes, voting for classic pay-per-view reviews, monthly Ask Me Anythings, and even the ability to be invited, invited on this show or the WBU show or the WBU show. <laughs> uh to to participate with us so um that's a great way to support us and we are part of the tatnus co podcast network so you can head over to tatnusco.com and check out the other shows there including in the dice box slam that has nyla rose as part of it so uh you can actually uh keep the wrestling theme going there but we will get into the fantasy booking and like I say every week, because I don't keep notes on this, I don't remember who went first last week. I think I did, but Dips. I don't remember. Okay. DA Fabe gets to go first. What you got, man? Book. All right, this, this is a fun one. Book Ravens run at the WCW Big Gold Belt. Oh, Raven as champ. This is, this is uh, for those who haven't uh, listened to WBU yet, which is everybody except for me and Smarks, because it hasn't been posted yet. Um, this is paying homage to WBU from this week when we compared the Dark Order to Raven's Flock, which is a very reasonable comparison, I think. So, mm. book Raven's Run to the Big Gold Belt, remembering that Goldberg pretty much single-handedly took out that entire faction. Yeah. Yep. So I don't know if um, if JLB followed WCW back in the day quite as much. Yeah, as and I did, and I was kind of disappointed that I felt like Raven's Flock was there. I just feel like they could have been used as a faction better. Um, maybe no arguments they, there. No. Maybe, Singular maybe, focus at the time though was on NWO and Goldberg. And if you would have let me finished, sorry. <laughs> no, no, it's all good. And then I said, and then so basically, maybe because of the NWO, they already had a high faction. They were doing everything else with, and so the Ravens flock kind of just got pushed aside. But I really feel like they had a hefty, like I liked Ravens' whole look, being the leader, being that, you know. Um, kind of loner type loner type silent punk dude what about uh, me what about raven you know like i liked it i enjoyed raven's character i liked his whole sitting in the corner and just like i i thought raven was a good like was a phenomenal wrestler in uh ecw and wcw i personally did not like him uh when he was in wwe or TNA, I believe. Was it WWE or TNA? He was in TNA for a bit. Yeah, he and was in I, TNA. Um, I think technically Raven was in WWE for a short period of time after the buyout, but I don't think they really did anything with him. So then he went off. Was there. he as Raven or was he as Johnny Polo? Um, well, he he definitely was in uh, WWE before he was Raven. 
Where was he um, wearing kilt? The kilt with the I think he had like the white lines on his face, kind of like dready hair. Yeah, I think that was later in in like the TNA TNA, era. Yeah. Oh, yeah, so he he had Johnny Polo. He was called uh, Scotty the Body at one point. Scotty Flamingo. Um, he yeah he was in WWF from '93 to '94 as oh. Johnny Polo. Right. Um, that's then he went off to ECW, and that's when he developed the Raven Gabriel. character. Yeah. So before Johnny then, Polo was a horrible character. Yeah, well, it was, it, in many ways, Johnny Polo was just a. Uh, a a rich preppy kid play on uh, a certain other rich preppy guy manager that shall not be named. Um, mm. But yeah, so yeah, at uh, 2000 at Unforgiven, uh, Raven returned to the WWF slash E, um, and he was there technically for three years. But uh, looking at the Wikipedia page, it's a very very short segment that, uh, just a couple paragraphs to cover three whole years so I don't think they did much with him um, and then he went to TNA uh, he had his version of the flock in TNA called The Gathering uh, he went to NWA he went to um, do, 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 Independent Circuit and then he kind of retired um, and then he was in the crowd at an AEW show so oh, um, anyways Back to Raven's run as the champion. Uh, who wants to go first on this? I'll take it to uh, the silence that I will no, go. No, no, no. I was going to go. Okay, fine. <laughs> um, I think I think they had a really good uh, in with him um, to be champion. I don't know who I'd have him beat because um, you can't you can't have him beat Goldberg. Uh, but so it would probably have to be before Goldberg was champ champ. Or after Goldberg had been uh, beaten as champ, and then you could have him beat, you know, uh, yeah, you could have him beat Hogan after Nash gave Hogan the belt back. Um, but I think, yeah, either way, he'd probably have to beat Hogan. Um, so fine, we'll just go all in on it. He beats Hogan. Hogan, of course, uh, is back to being a bad guy. Uh, the flock really wasn't faces, but they also weren't heels per se. So they're kind of tweeners overall. Um, I'm going to say that at this point, we're talking most likely the original members of the flock, or at least what I would call the classic flock. Maybe not original members, but the classic flock, uh, which would include Kidman, Reese, Scotty Riggs, uh, Sick Boy, and... I don't know how it fits timeline-wise, but probably Saturn's still there. Oh, wow. Lodi. L- Lodi would have been... Lodi came a little bit towards the end, so so that might be there as well. But, I mean, just looking at it, you know, Stevie Richards was very short in the flock. Uh, Van Hammer um, might have been still in the flock, so that he might be. Horace Hogan would have been out by this time, so uh, Canyon would have been out by this time. Um... So, yeah. Anyways, uh, but the big gimmick to use uh, for Raven's run is Raven's rules. Uh, and I think I think that was such a, a brilliant scheme that they did, a storyline element with it that they can have with Raven where anytime he's in a match, he gets to set the rules, you know? This is under Raven's rules. And in this case... Uh, 
you know, no disqualifications and outside interference can help. And you maybe maybe it's actually two on one. In fact, I, I still believe there were sometimes he said this will be Ravens rules. So I'm not even going to fight in this match. You have to face so and so. Yeah, I remember that, actually. I really want to. And I like that idea. I thought that was super creative and super cool, especially for that time. Exactly. So you can use that to give them a, um, I'm not going to say extended run, uh, probably a three or four month run where he basically chicken shits his way out of ever having to really defend the belt by always using Raven's rules to uh, mean that he's at the advantage in every match. So, so you can have him beat some big names, but it doesn't bring down the big names because, you know, well, Raven didn't beat him on his own. Raven had Scotty Riggs in there and, uh, and you know, Canyon or, or uh, Billy Kidman or someone like that. Saturn helped him out, you know, or Reese, the big guy, came in. And so I, I think that would be more or less how I would do it. He beats Hogan. Probably using uh, some sort of semi-heel tactics like interference or or distraction, um, uh, and then hits the even flow DDT. Which how 90s is that name for a finishing move? What was it called again? Even it was called the even flow, which is the name of a, a song by uh, Pearl Jam, the grunge band that actually gave him most of his look. You know. The flannel, the the sh- cut out long cut off jeans, you know the Doc Martin style sure. boots. Um, you know that's all comes from the grunge scene, and so he named his finishing move the Even Flow DDT. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm kind of in the same way, but a bit different, because I do feel he would get it off Hogan, but it would be a long, long storyline. It would be kind of like Raven's flock versus nwo kind of deal like for a hot minute for a long while um the raven's rule aspect of it is great so anytime he so when he beats it off hogan off doing off convincing hogan to do a raven's rules kind of situation he beats it off hogan that way but now every time raven does fight it he does do a raven's rule sort of style unfortunately uh, Goldberg is going to end up beating him because it's Goldberg and uh, Goldberg was a beast at the time but Raven I would feel can get it for like they, they can continue that on for like a good six months just because of Raven's flock and them you know uh, growing it up a little bit it's kind of going to be the counterpart to NWO so I guess that would kind of make well I guess the NWO were technically heels but they were also fan favorites so <laughs> it's kind of hard to tell who would be the heel and face out of that situation, but I think Raven would kind of still Raven's flock would st- kind of still be uh, be the heel uh, heel faction or the, whatever. They're both heels. I don't think it necessarily matters because NWO is so over. But I feel like that would have pushed Raven to become so much more and maybe would have given him even more confidence. Like I just. They could have done so much more with Raven's Flock. I really do feel just unfortunate uh, it was during NWO time. Well, I mean, it didn't help that, like, a lot of his people that were with him, um, although when you guys compared it to the Dark Order, I do feel at least Raven's Flock's people had a bit more personality, uh, but not much. I mean, well, Kidman, 
yeah. I think you will have more from the Dark Order eventually. I think we're going to get there with the Dark Order. Slow. In fact, uh, this week's Being the Elite had um, a little segment with the Dark Order where uh, uh, John Silver and Alex Reynolds got to show a little bit more of their personality and stuff. But no, you you are correct. You're not wrong. Uh, the flock, each one of the members of the flock had a different kind of a, a gimmick, even though they were all the losers group with him. You know, uh, Saturn was the enforcer. He was he was the tough guy who would go out and beat up anyone. Um, you know, Reese was the big guy. Uh, so he had that, which, you know, in a way, the Dark Order has 10 for that. Uh, Lodi was the crazy one who um, was super loyal and would uh, carry those signs at ringside uh, supporting him. Uh, Kidman was the homeless one that had beaten a a um, implied heroin addiction uh, to come on to to the flock they they never specifically said it was heroin but they had him always scratching his body uh which you know anyone who knows anything about heroin addiction knows that uh you get really itchy from it and so scratching your body is a big sign of that but so you know you're you're correct the the flock did for the most part each of the characters had a personality that that played out a little bit more obvious than the dark order but that's kind of the storyline with the dark order is we're going to take your personality away from you and we're going to make you part of the machine and eventually you're going to have someone go against it um i if i if i were to put money i'd say the long-term storyline is cult cabana um and then eventually him turning on on the Dark Order and, and trying to save people, which, to be perfectly honest, was a storyline that they did with Saturn and the flock later on. So, yeah. but, but that's my guess. That's my estimation. Yeah, and, uh, like, it was just a cool group of guys. And I really thought, like, I wasn't a fan of Kidman afterwards. Like, I liked Kidman's look when he was in the flock kind of thing. You know what I mean? But then when he came out of the flock and he just started wearing wife beats and shorts all the time, I liked the whole shirt and I think he wore shorts still too. But I kind of, for some reason, I found him more credible with the wardrobe he was wearing in Raven's flock than more credible than the wife beat and shorts he was wearing usually when he was just, I don't know, a cruiserweight. Although he is a phenomenal wrestler, nothing there. It's just, I don't know. He, he kind of his personality for me didn't shine. I, I don't even remember him in a great storyline, to be honest with you. Um, uh, as, aside from, you know, uh, Stacy Keebler, um, yeah, he didn't have much life. But, I mean, his character was entirely secondary when he was on his own. He was, he was just, look at this great wrestler, um, yeah, you don't need to know anything about his character. Um, but, uh, but so, you know, you're right. It's it, He had a lot more personality when he was in the flock and actually had a character behind him. Right. Um, but. All right, I got to get crazy here. Does both of you said in particular. And and, and I got to correct myself. I said Stacey Keebler, but it was Tori Wilson. Oh, yeah. Uh, not so both, of you said, both of you said that um, he would lose the title when he lost it to, to Goldberg. So, because Smarks, you made it sound like there's going to be two Goldberg title runs, and uh, JLB, you made it sound like there's going to be just one, and Goldberg never beats Hogan. 
I uh, right? I I kind of I kind of hedged my bets and didn't give an exact time frame. So um, what? Because you know I was talking back and forth about which time frame I was going to put in, whether it was going to be pre Goldberg winning the belt or post Goldberg, you know, losing the belt. Well, you um, said he was going to take it off of Hogan after Hogan won it back from. And and so yeah. that's kind of what I ended up with, but I don't remember saying that Goldberg was going to win. So maybe I'll have to listen back to the oh. tape to see, because um, I don't yeah. I don't know if I 100% got it, to who was going to beat him off. Fair uh, enough. Be- beat him off. Beat him off. <laughs> yeah. Oh geez, I I'm going to get spoken out about now for that. Poor Goldberg. <laughs> yeah, Goldberg's going to come after me. On Goldberg's going to give you a hashtag Me Too. Yeah. Oh geez. Jesus. Uh, Officer Mark Smark said I was beating off people. Oh god. <laughs> um. So yeah, I don't know. I I gotta be honest. I think based on their tweener, uh, kind of thing, that for Raven to lose, he almost has to lose to a heel. Um. So in that respect, it probably would be he loses it back to Hogan eventually where Hogan's able to um, use the Ravens rules rules against him. You know, he puts a Ravens rules match, puts the lineup thinking that he's going to have the numbers advantage, but then the entire NWO surround the ring. Um, because at this time, the NWO had like 40 members. So, yeah. So, I mean, this all, this, this would have been, Oh, it was big NWO. Yeah. Big absolutely. NWO, but it was pre Wolfpack, right? Uh, Wolfpack actually happened while Goldberg had the title. Okay, so it's post uh, post Wolfpack, uh, but uh, been when they had me remerged together into one NWO again. So yeah, it would have been big NWO. So you end up having a rematch title match, you know, at the next big pay per view. Like say you have him win it at um, at you know um, Starcade. Uh, you could then have him lose it back at Halloween Havoc, you know, the major pay-per-view later in the year where he thinks he's got it all set up with Raven's rules. He's got his whole flock going to come and help out. And then like the entire locker room empties and the entire NWO comes out and surrounds it and takes out the rest of the flock. And then it's just one-on-one Raven versus Hogan. And even that it's not even one-on-one because Hogan's not afraid to have big sexy help him out and have, yeah, so I think that's how I would probably would end it. Okay, a nice short summer long storyline. JLB, do you have uh, do you have two two runs with the title for Goldberg? Then uh, no, and I'm checking, and I just assume there was already two runs with Goldberg. No, he, he and only I, had he only had one in WCW. Only had one. Wow. Okay. See, it said Vicious had two. Like this is odd. Um, but it Sid was Vicious really was the man. Fine, we'll say that. And his leg was uh, the break. And and, and if, I had, had 30. If, if you were half the man that I am, and I have half the brain that you have. Um, he says that was scripted. He claims it was. Other people claim it was not. And so, I don't know, you know, if you said something that dumb, you'd probably try to play it off as scripted, too. Nash says it was scripted, too, so. I'm just saying. I've heard both ways, but. Honestly, you know what, though? As as annoying as, like, I mean, come on, guys. We had 
Hogan champion at least 10 times. Like, I wouldn't have minded another Goldberg run. Like, whatever. Give it to the guy. I think he was champion for, like, half a year. I think it was, like, 100 and something days. Um, and, like, whatever. And the thing is, I don't think he can lose it to anyone else aside from either... Uh, without hurting his everything he's accomplished with being the champion in that regard. So losing to Goldberg, it's believable to not hurt his career because Goldberg is just Goldberg. He's a beast. He'll kill you in like five seconds, whatever have you. I think it hurts Goldberg's career, though, if you don't have his first championship taken off of Hogan. If Goldberg both beats Hogan and beats Raven in a Raven's Rules match, that makes Goldberg even stronger. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, so... Mm, yeah. Well, I mean, I don't I think he could really hurt second him, for that. Because keep in mind, too, right? If Goldberg... Let's say if Hogan beats Goldberg, Hogan could have beaten Goldberg via... Because of NWO shenanigans. And then uh, Goldberg gets injured or something. And then so Raven's flock comes in and kind of just like makes a thing with the NWO and they start feuding. And then Raven beats Hogan. Goldberg beats Raven. And then Goldberg and Hogan again do like another whole shenanigan. And let's give Hogan the title again because he's already had it like 20 times. Yeah, because he's 80. (laughs) And in 1990, he was 80. Now he's whatever 50 is 30 years on top of 80 is 110 <laughs> yeah so yeah that's uh and it's just unfortunate i would have liked to have uh, seen raven's flock do i feel like they had so much more potential it's just no one necessarily cared um and then i don't know man we even saturn see a better version of the raven's flock here with AEW. that's why it's so exciting oh uh, i don't know but i find Brody lee kind of boring too at the same time like I think yeah. that his his gimmick has been a little bit boring, um, but mostly because they haven't given him a time to really shine. And that's why I, I bring up being the elite again, uh, because I'm a broken record on these shows, and I keep saying, you better watch being the elite. But in the, the segment with the Dark Order, um, it it plays him a little bit more there, too. And mm-hmm. I, think, I think if they allowed... If if AEW had one fault right now, I think it would be that they don't do enough vignettes, or as you would say, vignettes. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> damn. And here I thought that was just in our history books. <laughs> <laughs> nope, it's gonna be a T-shirt, yo. Um, vignettes. Vignettes. You could even just have the the two or two by three V I G N E T then an S underneath or something. Yep. But uh but I I don't think they do enough. Now it's a fine line to walk. Sometimes WWE does way too many of them. Like you'll turn on a three hour raw and there will be five total wrestling matches and everything else is backstage vignettes. Mm-hmm. Um and so uh but I think AEW could get away with a few more of them. And if, you know, if they ever get that second show done, whatever, uh, you know, whether it's AEW Dark moving to TNT or TBS um, or even HBO Now or HBO Max, whatever it's called, the rumor has been, um, you know, that that would give them a little bit more time to focus on some of that. I feel like they almost feel like we've only got two hours on TV a week, so we're not going to waste it with a bunch of backstage stuff. Uh, But I I think they could do with just a little bit more of that. 
and the Dark Order is a pretty good example of it. I do think it would be also nice if they did allow the Dark Order to do a little bit of a Raven's Flock sort of thing, where Brody Lee is in a match versus someone more on his level, maybe not up to a Moxley, but not a jobber match, you know what I mean? Uh, having the the Dark Order surrounding the ring, uh, distracting the ref on one side to help on the other side, things like that, using this pack mentality and could I don't definitely know. help it. That's why I don't like that comparison between the Dark Order and Raven's Flock, though. I don't see it as an actual pretty good comparison, because I find Raven kind of fit more of that ruggish, thuggish, will do a lot more um, cheating to win, will do a lot more interferences. Yes, Dark Order does that as well, but it's really just the Brody show, and it's kind of more like... You know, Ravens Ravens people kind of more had uh, a thought process, like they, they had like a mind of their own, if you will, where it felt more organic. And I get the Dark Order; it's what it's all about. You're stripping your personality and whatever, and cool story. But that's why it would never work like a Ravens flock. Again, what they're doing with BTE, perhaps. Uh, I just feel like it's not gonna be. Like, I can't even say as good as Raven's Flock, but I mean as, like, organic as how Raven's Flock was, if you will. Well, do keep in mind that uh, Brody Lee has only done Dookie. Dookie (laughs) in mind. Do keep in mind that Brody Lee has only wrestled six matches in uh, AEW so far. So uh, to, to compare it overall to the Flock is a little unfair one way or another. The flock had a lot more matches to get this whole thing down. Um, but I do think even even not in Brody Lee's matches, having him out there barking orders to two people, having him as a presence at ringside, because that's one of the things that Raven did with the flock is he would come out and he would sit ringside when other members of the flock had matches. Right. And he would he and so there are things that they could do. I I I don't think the Dark Order is there yet but I can see that that might be the way they're headed. And I think that's why we use the comparison. Um, okay. It, it, is, it is nice to see that they may have a woman in the Dark Order here shortly. That's um, exciting. In the recruitment of Anna Jay, that could be very good. Um, have we seen Anna Jay on... She was on Dynamite last week. She lost a match to Abaddon, um, oh. who... Uh, was unsigned to AEW until after that match. Um, So we've got a new uh, women's wrestler in Abaddon, which is going to be all sorts of fun. If you haven't seen her yet, um, she's like, um, well, geez, it's so hard to try to describe her. She's kind of like a demon zombie character. Yeah, it was Kiss Demon. No, not not the Kiss Demon. Definitely not the Kiss (laughs) Demon. That's coming up in a few years when AEW has uh, jumped the shark and starts spending 50 grand to sign major rock bands to do a single concert at one of the shows. <laughs> Anyways. Um, even shows up on AEW. I wonder if Dale Torborg oh. still wrestling at all. Smarks, you will lose your crap if the Kiss Demon shows up on AEW. You'll be like, it's over. I'm done watching wrestling. I I, I probably would would. I'm I'm already 
barely still in in wrestling at times. Uh, this last week has been really tough for me overall with wrestling. Um, I've, I've really enjoyed a lot of AEW stuff recently. WWE stuff has been a bit of a grind to get through. But then the events of this last weekend have made me take a step back and, and say, are, are all wrestlers scumbags? Well. Um, and I know they're not all scumbags. But so many of them right now are showing to be scumbags. So, anyways. Yes, but this isn't a WBU, and we promised ourselves we were going to try and keep things up. We're going to try try to keep this fun. So, funny scumbags. Ha, ha, ha. Ha, ha, ha. Dale Torborg retired in 2007. So, um, they'd have to convince him to come out of retirement to be the Kiss Demon again. (laughs) Oh, Kiss Demon. Such he did uh, his last appearance or yeah, his last appearance on uh, wrestling was on an episode of Impact where um, he was defeated by Lance Hoyt, um, who now wrestles under the name Lance Archer. So huh. uh, they could they could have some fun with that. Bring him back to have another feud with Lance Archer. Uh, <laughs> So that's how we would book Raven's flock, uh, Raven with the big gold belt. Um, nice. I do think Raven should have had it at some point. Yeah, um, for sure. So it's kind of a I shame would say that he probably never did. before the Goldberg and everything like that. But well, that's where I, I was like, it could be either way. Well, um, but it did kind of start when Goldberg was already champion, or no, not Goldberg, but maybe Hogan was already yeah. champion. That's why I yeah. said one Maybe's... way or another, he would have had to have beaten Hogan. And so I figured he could have been the cause for for NWO. I mean, if if you have him beat Hogan, Hogan's like, I need something so that I can beat this this Raven guy. God, that would have been a terrible storyline. Yeah, that would that would have been <laughs> almost as bad as having Mabel be the third man. <laughs> Was that supposed to be a thing at one point? Oh, that's that is a, a whole rumor. back and forth. Uh, Dave Meltzer claimed uh, that his insiders reported that Eric Bischoff was considering Mabel to be the third man in the NWO. Eric Bischoff vehemently denies that ever having been uh, even a thought process. Uh, Meltzer points out that in his, like, the very next week wrestling observer, he says, um, I'm hearing that the plan is that Hulk Hogan's going to be the third man and that it was like a one-time off-the-cuff sort of thing um, and that he never really reported that that was definitely was going to happen. He says, I'm just hearing something like that. Uh, but Bischoff claims that it was never a thing and uses that in his longstanding uh, uh, feud to um, discredit everything Dave Meltzer has ever said. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh and and I love Eric Bischoff, and I do believe that most of the time on 83 Weeks, he uh, speaks truthfully, at least truthfully, from what he can remember. Because keeping in mind, a lot of the stuff was 25 years ago, you know? Yeah. Uh, it's really easy for you to not remember it clearly now, even if you were right in the middle of it. Our memories are very I, fluid. He so frequently takes responsibility for things that he'll even say, Ed, I was the boss. I have to take the heat here. Uh-huh. You know, um, I, I may not have come up with that idea, but I sure signed off on it. So it's a, uh, you know. I don't see him lying about that, um, you know, or maybe it wasn't like 
maybe it was just like a quick little thought process thing too to the point where you know bischoff doesn't even remember it because they were just jolting so many ideas and it wasn't really one that ever went far it was just kind of a hey what about this guy and they were kind of just going through a bunch of names but i don't think because that would have been messed up to have well, with Nash. like whoa that's yeah. weird and in in fairness to uh melter there was a active campaign in both wwf at the time and wcw to discredit discredit the dirt sheet um and and that's literally could have been part of that campaign it 100 could have been someone based on being told by eric bischoff you know we got to keep the dirt sheets from knowing what's going on feed them bad information someone just said okay and we're considering signing mabel to be the third man you know it 100 could have been just designed to throw him off the tracks and he fell for it right mm, um okay. at least fell for it for one episode or one issue of the wrestling observer you know I don't I don't think that that necessarily discredits everything that Dave Meltzer has been right about. I will also point out Dave Meltzer has been wrong quite a few times as well. Uh, and and it's best if you own up to when you're wrong and and move on. So I don't know. It's just kind of funny listening to 83 weeks. Uh, Eric Bischoff hates the dirt sheets just with a passion. Uh, mm. But Meltzer more than most. Like, he went off on Wade Keller this week um, for, can't even remember what the, the question was. But does he actually uh, talk about, he just legit talks about wrestling and that's it? Or does he talk about, like, other things? Oh, 83 weeks. Well, 83 weeks is the story, well, it started off as the story of the 83 weeks that um, WCW beat WWF in the rating. 83 right. consecutive weeks in a row. Uh, so the original which concept means. just side note what was that which is what consecutive means just yeah. side note for the listeners yeah. consecutive weeks in a row <laughs> uh, I think I heard a t-shirt tonight <laughs> um, we'll need to make sure to update the spreadsheet with that um, I can't find it <laughs> but uh, but that's what it was originally about and so it was almost it started off almost going chronologically through it but then they okay. just started jumping around, and so that now there are episodes that he's reviewing something that he was a part of in TNA, or there were episodes that covered his run in WWE when he got brought back during the Ruthless Aggression era, oh, things like that. Thing. And that's cool. In fact, you know, he continued to do episodes while he was involved with WWE last year. Uh, he just said the rules are I won't talk about the current product at all. Right. Um, and so then for both weeks he didn't. Yeah, and and then he's no longer part of WWE, so now he'll talk about the product nonstop. Um, but but so anyways, he moved to Connecticut. Yeah, need to be fired. I I, uh, I still have a theory that he kind of knew because they made a big deal on the show about how he wasn't. He wasn't selling the house. He wasn't moving his stuff from, you know, his home in, was it Montana? Uh, no, Wyoming. Wyoming, that's right. His home in Wyoming. Uh, that he was just taking the stuff that he had on his back and what he could fit into um, a truck. Not a U-Haul, but just his truck. And driving out to Connecticut and, and all that. And so I have a feeling that he held on to the house in Wyoming purely because he knew there is every chance that I get fired in one month, two months, three months, four months. You know what I mean? 
Um, I, 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 I think he no longer the house in Wyoming because he wanted the house in Wyoming from the way well, he talks about it. Well, there's that, but I, I'm just 100% certain that he just knowing his pastime in WWE as well as just wrestling in general. Yeah, he got fired from WCW twice uh, in the span of two years. You know, not even two years, year and a half. Um, and then he gets hired by WWF and gets fired by them. And then he got hired by TNA and got fired by them. You know, he knows that in wrestling, things can be very fluid. And so I think he, he just hedged his bets and said, let's hang on to this house so we have some place to move when this goes wrong. And it went wrong. Maybe faster than he expected it to, but... Certainly faster than we expected it to. But, I mean, if you look at it, I, you know, who would have thought at the time that we would be sitting here now saying, and Paul Heyman is now out as well? Yeah. I, for the life of me, I do not understand. So, so you get rid of Heyman and you get rid of Bischoff, who you brought in for talent, and then you keep the same guy. You now have it all being run by the guy who oversaw the drop. Yeah, yeah. There, there, there is part of me. That, I love you. There, there is part of me that just thinks that Vince McMahon did it just so he could fire Eric Bischoff again. Uh, <laughs> that there's part of his ego that was just like, you know, I got to hire him so I can fire him. Anyways, let us move on to more fantasy booking because we went off on a long tangent there. So, yeah. um, we knew the Raven was going to give us all that. Yeah, that's what. Uh, Nevermore. Uh, hopefully, ah. people actually listen to this podcast for the tangents too. So um, I think they do. I will go ahead and go second because I'm excited for mine, and I think mine will be all sorts of uh, insanity. So uh, JLB will have to go third, That's and. Good. I am going to cross my nerd stream. Yeah, if I don't forget you, yeah. Um, but I'm going to cross my nerd streams today. Oh. I need each of you to cast a movie of either the Avengers or the X-Men using only wrestlers. I need heroes and a villain for the movie. Your choice, whether it's the Avengers or the X-Men. God, you're a nerd. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty nerdy. I wasn't even there. <sighs> Do you let's do let's do this, JLB. You want I'll let you pick. Do you want X Men or the Avengers? <sighs> Men, I kind of know the Avengers better. Okay, you can do the do the Avengers. Fair. I'll let you do that. Okay. Um, <clears throat> this just out of who would be the best Iron Man kind of style, or are you just saying like your top five best super wrestling? I in any I am saying if you were hired to make a movie of the Avengers facing off against someone, an Avengers movie. But the only rule that you had to follow was that all of the main cast had to be professional wrestlers. Fair enough. Um, so right off the bat, I would say that Captain America is uh, John Cena. <laughs> now that I see that happening. But he has to be like a serious role. It's going to be semi-hard because he's made a lot of shitty movies recently. Uh, but it would have to be a serious role. I automatically see The Miz being a heel, uh, being one of the bad guys. I'm trying to remember an Avenger bad guy at the moment. Um, well, he sure as hell ain't Thanos, because he ain't big enough to be Thanos. 
It's definitely not Thanos. Um, yeah, uh, I'll just keep going with the good guys, though. So Iron Man, I'm getting a sense of... Iron Man, I'm getting a sense of... Man. Okay, we'll skip Iron Man for now. Um, uh, we are doing we are doing Ricochet as Spider-Man, though. That's happening. That's awesome. We're definitely doing that. Um, what's his name? Uh, Hawk- Hawkeye? Is it Hawkeye? The guy with the bow and arrow? Yes. That's going to be Seth Rollins. Um, I'm still trying to think of... Uh, who am I missing? The Hulk? Okay, so the Hulk would be Brock Lesnar. Like, come on now. What? Not Keith Lee? See... No, Brock Lesnar's more of a beast. Keith Lee is more kind of like, you know, if I was, if I was, you know, casting, um, you know, maybe Hulk's baby, kind of sure. But Brock Lesnar would just fit that role perfectly. Uh, I feel. Um, I'd have, um, I'd have. Who are the women Avengers? Well, I mean, you got a lot of potential options uh, depending on over the years, but uh, Scarlet Witch. Um... You had, um, uh, of course, uh, Black Widow is uh, the current main one. Um, She-Hulk was at one point. Uh, That's right, yeah. <laughs> uh, I remember. Um, uh, so, I don't... I feel like, well, the... I think it was, was that Scarlett Johansson? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, that, I would say, is... Uh, would be... Uh, I don't know. I'd kind of give it to Becky. I feel like Becky would be good at acting. Like, I think she'd uh, do a predominant, pretty decent role. And I do see, um, fudge. I'm trying to think who else would be, like, I don't know. I'm trying to, I'm trying to fit Charlotte Flair somewhere, but I don't know. I don't know if she fits in. She would have to be, like, one of the heel, the bad people. She couldn't be one of the superheroes. Um, but there's so many, of. Uh, okay, we're just doing Avengers, though, right? We're not doing, like. You're just doing um, Avengers. I'm, I've got the other. When when well, I was thinking I was trying to add Guardians, I was trying to do like the Avengers whole Endgame movie. Um, okay, yeah. So that would be so in terms of Iron Man, though. Honestly, that's the only one I'm kind of struggling with. Um, but I would have to give. Ah, do I give it to Roman? Do my do I make Roman the smart kind of intelligent guy? Uh, well, just... he definitely has the look of a Tony Stark. I mean, with just long hair. Um, yeah. but I don't know. This is this is your Avengers, so so that's it. So Roman is Iron Man. Brock is uh, Hulk. Um, we got um, we got Becky as uh, so we got Seth Rollins as Hawkeye. <clears throat> we got um, who's we got uh, Jesus. Okay, maybe I don't think Jesus is an Avenger. <laughs> well, God damn it, he should be. Okay, hold on. You know what? I probably should just pull up the... Jesus. The... Jesus! This is my favorite. Well, I, mean, I mean, when I say Jesus, I was just referring to Seth Rollins, guys. Come on, the Monday Night Messiah? Come on. No, no. I already used him as Hawkeye. Sorry. I know. <laughs> okay, I'm I mean, just... technically speaking, you, you could still... I mean, you've got the core, and so you basically covered that part you still have to come up with a villain but of course you know you still could have put black panther in there you could have put uh vision i don't know how far i was going with things uh yeah. but i feel like um i do see like i do feel like it would be a different kind of black panther but i feel like maybe 
Keith Lee could fall into that role, or maybe even Apollo Cruz. But I just feel like Apollo Cruz is bad acting. God, it's so racist to say that it has to be Keith Lee or Apollo Cruz. No, it's not racist at all. I'm just saying. Well, if anything, it's not being racist. I want people. I want diversity. I have not named any black person on the thing, and I'm trying to figure out who would be the most athletically pleasing to be a Black Panther. Um, in that regard and i think making it keith lee might be interesting because keith lee can definitely move but also at the same time it'd be a bigger bulkier black panther so no racism was involved in terms of my <laughs> i love that you defended yourself just now yeah, that's what i do um and then so yeah that's pretty much that's pretty much it in terms of see like i you know what no like uh like Becky Lynch, I feel like, would be like Captain Marvel or something. Actually, that's good. I like that one. I, I see that going on pretty well. And then uh, maybe I'll give. Uh, maybe I'll give. Yeah, that's uh, the the girl played Scarlet. Maybe I'll give that to actually Sasha. Fair enough. I feel because I don't know. I guess that could. Have... Sorry, it wasn't that entertaining. Did you come up more. with a, with a a villain? Okay, well, the Miz is definitely a villain. I'm trying to. It's. Uh, Miz is oh I forgot Thor technically too but Miz is Miz would be a villain in terms in terms of Thanos though uh, with Thanos I would have to give it I, I feel like I would have to give it to like Batista I think Batista could potentially play like a good Thanos I know he's not as big as Thanos uh, but I don't want to be cheesy and say like I don't know, uh, Bobby Lashley or like, like, I don't want to just give it to a big bulky guy. Like no one could be Thanos. It's, it's CGI for crying out loud. You know what I mean? Like, um, James so could be Thanos. Who? James Brolin. Yeah. He's a big beefy Josh. guy. Wait, Josh, James yeah. would have been his dad. Anyway. Yeah. 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 So on, that's, yeah, no, and that's, uh, so Thanos would, yeah. So I, I would give kind of Thanos to, um, who did I just say, guys? I said someone before, so it was really interrupted. Uh, um, a rant about how it couldn't be Bobby Lashley and several other people yes, before you. I, like, I don't want to just... Yeah, I said Batista. You said Batista. So I feel like Batista might be... And just for the fact that he knows kind of the Marvel Universe too, right? He knows it pretty well. So I think he'd be like a good badass character kind of deal. He's always played the good guy in Marvel films. And I really don't know what else I'd put as Thanos. Because Thanos kind of also has no personality too. So I don't know if that's necessarily a good move. He's so much empty, so entertaining in the Guardians of the Galaxy. But uh, I'm overthinking things. And uh, that's my story. And uh, I'm sticking to it. So there's your Avengers and Batista as your Thanos. The Miz could have been Red School, just so you know. That's oh, who I was thinking. Damn it! You're right. Yeah, Give me a cool. cool. I mean, you know, you also could have had been Loki. Yeah, even Loki or great Loki or Ultron because Ultron is, you know, super smart. And, Wait, you're crazy though. You're going into also just the comics too. I was just thinking of the movies. Ultron was in Every the movie. Every one of those was in the movies. And even, Red including Skull was Luke. in the movie twice. All right. My bad, guys. I'm sorry. Clearly, I'm not a crazy Avengers fan like uh, you are, Officer Smarks nerd. <laughs> I mean, literally, Ultron was in the name of the movie that he was in. Avengers of Ultron. I got yeah. it. I got it. My bad. Yeah. My, clearly, and, I that one. Okay. And Red Skull was a very major part in uh, the Infinity War saga. Right. It's also a big part of uh, 
of uh, Captain where, America, the yeah, first, the, the first movie. Captain America, and uh, Winter Soldier because he created Bucky. Well, he's mm-hmm. the reason Bucky got created. Yeah. So, so there, ha. Hydra. All of Hydra is the fault of Captain of Red Skull. So, all of Hydra. Anyway, I mean, it's, it's like I came and said, oh, Miz could be Count Nefaria. Uh, Miz could be growing man. I could see oh. the Miz being the Grand Master too, but he's not a bad guy. I mean, he anyway, <laughs> and it would still be awesome. So, so moving on to Da Fabe doing the X Man. This is X Man. Okay, so um, I'm gonna start off with the actual X Men uh, for Professor X. I've got to go with Paul Heyman, um, especially now that he's bald. Um, <laughs> I mean, he just has to shave the sides is all. So, um, for Wolverine, the kind of vigilante type fellow, do I get to use any wrestlers I want? It doesn't just have yeah. to be WWE. Any okay. wrestler. Box, boxing a heartbeat is Wolverine. Um, for Cyclops, I'm going to go with Roman Reigns. I know the fit, the fit doesn't work, but in terms of the character, he's kind of uh, professor. He's kind of the, the boss's uh, right-hand guy, Mr. Goody Two-Shoes. I think Roman fits perfect for that. Um, I'm going to make... Uh, oh, Storm. Who's going to be Storm? I, I got to go with Sasha. Um, oh, who's being racist? <laughs> I, as soon as I said it, I was like, well, that's racist as fuck, but okay. <laughs> um, but she has like, the look. I mean, personality. She has the look. I don't know. I'm going with Sasha. Anyway, um, for... Starfire, because she was an X-Men. Um, and now I'm going to be harassed, because I'm going to say Becky Lynch. Um, no, Bethy, Becky Lynch is Phoenix. Jean Grey Phoenix. In a heartbeat. Super tough. Leader of the world. Yeah, Becky. Are we limited to timelines here? Nope. I mean, this is a movie. You can make whatever. <laughs> Movies don't got to make sense. Perfect. Okay, so um, we've got the main characters there. Uh, Beast, I guess. Brock. It just makes sense, right? Except for he's not smart. We're going to go with Beast for Brock. Well, um, not only was kind of discriminatory, too, but also misleading on Brock's intelligence. How do you know he's not <laughs> smart? One job. Have you go. seen him do an interview that wasn't with Paul Heyman? That doesn't define his intelligence. That just defines his annoyance with being in the public eye and not and having stage fright that's all that is oh okay that's what it is all right apparently you didn't watch him in ufc have interviews <laughs> anyway uh moving forward we're gonna go with uh drew mcintyre is going to be oh who do i want him to be colossus seth rollins is gonna be deadpool um, Ricochet's still going to be Spider-Man because he did a crossover on both of them, so that's okay. <laughs> I like your Ricochet and Spider-Man. That's, that's great, actually. Um, and now i got to do some villains. So in terms of villains, um, I think for Apocalypse, um, I liked your Batista idea. I think he fits better as Apocalypse than he does as Thanos. But I'm going to go with... Uh, I'm going to go with Adam Cole Bebe leading a group... As apocalypse, and I know he's not the right build or anything for it, but I think it's fantastic. What's that? <laughs> Pretty much an NXT story right there. So he's leading a group once again in his yeah, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> um, 
Magneto is going to be Stone Cold, who is defiant against the authority and and the norm. Um, I just think Stone Cold as Magneto would be kind of fun. And my favorite villain of all time in all Marvel-based comic books, Mr. Sinister, will be none other than Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Nerd boy, you know you're feeling that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm down with that. I love. Yeah. And then that means that we have Roman be the one who beats The Rock because that's the only time Cyclops was ever relevant was against Mr. Sinister. Like, ever relevant. Ever. But that wasn't in the movies. So we just have to hope that they do a movie with Mr. Sinister. I'm just a little little surprised uh, that when doing the, uh, uh, the X-Men, we didn't have... Uh, one of the two people who've based a lot of their characters off of Wolverine, whether you're talking uh, Karrion Cross or Brian Cage, uh, brought up as really? Wolverine. I didn't really uh, realize they based their characters on Wolverine. Uh, uh, Brian Cage calls himself the Swolverine and and keeps the the mutton chops. Uh, well, that's true. It. I guess I see that. Okay. Yeah. No. He's super, super buff. And uh, Carrying Cross, when he was Killer Cross, he um, often would would come out and do the Wolverine pose, like he had the the um, claws, claws sort of a thing. Anyways, but, but I, Mox for, is a better Wolverine in terms of the character. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm not. I'm not debating uh, saying you had bad choices. It just kind of surprised me. Took me back. Cody oh. makes a really good Mister Sinister too. Really good Mister Sinister. Mm-hmm. Cody was the person uh, that I kind of first thought of for a villain in the X-Men. Um, not not X-Men, uh, Avengers, and now I'm blanking on the villain I was going to have him be. Oh, jeez. The really, the really bad version of the Mandarin? No, I'm totally blanking on it now, and it's not worth me opening up the Wikipedia page again to remind myself. Um, but Cody, Cody could also be a great, like, Captain America face. Yeah. You know, sort of a thing. Um, but you guys, mo- for the most part, you both stuck WWE, which is fine. It's fine. It's fine. Did you, did you want me to do more AEW? I could do more AEW if you want. Nah, it's, it's fine. It's fine. You're, you're okay with it? It's fine. I feel like it's not. It's totally fine. I'm just giving you crap. <laughs> I just thought it was interesting. But, sure, I but, thought it was only WWE. So that's I don't why understand. When... when Keith Lee actually does something where it's the Hulk smash and he hulks up. Like, I cannot believe you didn't use him for the Hulk. That's why I was just, like, so caught off. Because I feel like he's too short to be the Hulk. He makes the face that look makes him look just like the Hulk. But he's too short. Whatever. <laughs> you know. won't kick me when I'm, I'm angry. Not playing, I'm not playing with you anymore. <laughs> okay, go to your own sand, build your own sand castle then, and leave mine alone. <laughs> Hope the tide comes in and ruins yours. <laughs> Jesus, that's rude. <laughs> um. Okay, so I guess it's my turn, and it's gonna be kind of lame, but I'm also really kind of curious. Oh, we're running all out of time. I'm, I'm kidding. <laughs> um. All right. So we all saw off uh, detective or officer, whatever you want to call yourself. Fabe's favorite wrestler finally appear on Schmack a Down, and was unless that was last that was last week, right? That wasn't the week before. 
No, that was last week. Okay, SmackDown review. Here we go. Well, I mean, I'm just making sure. Um, okay, so now we all know he's going after the IC title and so on, doing a thing with AJ. But literally, let's say if he did his debut and he was going after... You know what? No, scratch that. Because I was going to do uh, How Would You Book um, Matt Riddle going after the SmackDown Championship. But... After Braun? Or whoever. You, you can build it however you'd like. He doesn't necessarily have to go Braun. Braun could lose to someone. And Riddle can face whoever. But his debut is going to be... Heft- Either way, we're not doing that. I am getting you to book... Bray Wyatt's fourth face of the Wyatt. We've seen him come back with his old character. We have his demon character. And then we had his funhouse character. It's your job to build another face of Bray Wyatt. Given those three characters that he already has, how would you build the fourth face of Wyatt? So wait, you're, you're saying Bray Wyatt obviously is Bray like the the family, the Wyatt family. Yeah, right. which which they had reappear on SmackDown last week. Uh, so I and think then, that's probably the basis of this challenge. Yeah, okay. which by the way was an amazing promo. Oh my god, I loved it. I was excited. I have it be Husky Harris. That's the fourth. No, no, you cannot do that. No, just the three <laughs> WWE, just the three that WWE did recently: the Demon, Wyatt family, and Funhouse. Who's the fourth face? Just so he can be better than mankind. Husky Harris. I mean, Husky Harris. He had four people. He was. Okay, fine, guys. Then, if you want to be dicks about it, five. The fifth face. <laughs> okay. Well, probably since since that that means I mean if you're talking about uh, uh, McFoley, who's really had four because he's been dude love. He's been been mankind he's been cactus jack and he's been mrs foley's little boy mcfoley so the fifth face of bray wyatt i'm gonna have be <laughs> <laughs> you already know where i'm going with this smarts oh jesus <laughs> i'm gonna have it be um micro ten micro little boy <sighs> why do i even try anymore <laughs> Well, I mean, you could have had him be like oh, Irving, our shyster, Irwin's son. Yep, yep. See, one job could have went the other way around there. Been different from fully. Yeah, could have totally could have absolutely 110 percent could have been different from McFully. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so I have to create a character for Bray Wyatt. Yep. Um. So all all of the puppets have been some type of character in his past. Ramblin' Rabbit was Bray Wyatt, Wyatt family. Um, of course, the witch was Abby, Abby the witch. What he did, Abby the witch for one promo um, or character of the Wyatt family. Um, we've had a Huskus the pig. We've had all of the puppets have been a character that he's been in some way, shape, or form, except Vince. And so I have him come back and reincarnate himself as Vince. Come on, that's good. That's not I'm even. What? <laughs> I'm not playing with you anymore. <laughs> like, no, like he takes over the company and he becomes corporate Bray. Come, fine. I'll accept that answer. And he, and he kind of has like his own hostile takeover where he takes over and he becomes yeah I don't think that's a bad move I I mean I, I gave you hell with the first three times I answered so this time <laughs> I was actually trying to give you something that was valid valid 
Okay, no, and that'd be kind of cool when you kind of do like a hostile takeover by being the corporate Vince, and then like also being Nip- Vince, yeah. yeah. Like, and everybody's like, you're not actually Vince. Like, the only people who know are, are Stephanie and Hunter, and they're like, you're not actually Vince. Everybody else is like, don't talk to your dad like that. <laughs> I could definitely see them do that. <laughs> I don't know. I could have some fun. I think you could have some fun with that. <laughs> oh, but unfortunately, it wouldn't be a serious character because it'd be like a running gag until oh, we all got bored. Really serious, like he could take on Kevin Owens, and Kevin Owens could stun him like he was Stone Cold. Oh yeah, you could do a lot of fun with this. <laughs> yeah, Bray versus Owens kind of thing. The new McMahon versus Austin. You could have him win the title and then give it up the next night because he's you know, the boss around here. His own Kiss My Ass Club. Oh my <laughs> gosh. <laughs> I love it. It's, this time it's Kiss My Force. Uh, I don't actually think I love this more. Like, it would be a cinematic run as a character. And everything that happened with Bray was a dream for like six months. Like, it could be, it could totally be the TV show Dallas. And nobody actually shot JR. Oh, snap. It was all a dream. All right. I digs it. I digs it. Officer Smirks, your turn. Well, I was gonna go kind of in a different direction because um, I'm thinking that if, if there's a if there's a another face of the Wyatt, uh, it should 100% be him in an insane asylum. 100% should be because I feel like that's what they were really hinting at early on, anyways. So it should be like cartoon insane asylum, straight jacket, sitting in a padded room, sort of a character. Total, total mental break. Um, they wheel him out to the ring, you know, and, and they put him in the ring, and he's almost in a catatonic state, and then the lights go out, and the lights come back on, and now he's got the mask on and the uh, straight jacket off, and he's the fiend, and he destroys some people, and then the lights go back off, and they come back on, and now he's in the corner, and he's got the straight jacket back on. And he's just sitting there in a catatonic state. That would be my fourth, fifth face. Um, no, I'm not Seventh. even keeping track. 72nd face. You know what, though? That's actually something I feel like they might have been thinking of doing. Because I feel like WWE has done something like that. No? Not I, if they do a progression with this, like, like, like Smurfs is suggesting, they do a progression with this, then... That allows them also to revert back to him being Husky Harris, just mm-hmm. out of nowhere. And everything, all the Wyatt family stuff is, everything that, that's happened as Bray has been a dream. Mm-hmm. And then you have him present to Vince. Hey, I think I should be, I think I should be, you could have, even have him like pre- present himself as, I should be this guy who's a little bit of a sociopath. Like Husky Harris gets out of the psych ward. Husky Harris was in the NXT. It was his first con- first um, thing in WWE. It, it was the gimmick they gave him to start off because he was fat. Yeah. And, <laughs> yeah, I'm looking at photos now. He was a big boy. And so in, in the end, um, he was able to rise above the Husky Harris. I'm even thinking they could have a lot of fun. They wheel him out to a ring in a catatonic state. Lights go out. Lights come back on. And it's one of the characters maybe not the fiend maybe it's husky harris maybe it's uh bray wyatt the cult leader maybe it's you know um yeah and and that's what i thought you were referring to by he can be any of his 
you know uh other personas yeah that, i mean that could definitely still be something they could for sure do even yeah i like both of those ideas those are uh and I mean, heck, you, you could really even go so far as to have it be something that even changes mid-match, you know? Um, use the under the ring as as a changing point, you know? Where he gets thrown out of the ring and he rolls under the ring and when he comes out the other side, he's suddenly a different character. We, we talked a little bit about doing that with Finn Balor, where Finn Balor could come out as, from under the ring as the demon if he didn't have to have body paint on if it was just face paint. <laughs> yeah. But and and that's the deal is you know they, then you open yourself up to uh, Bray Wyatt entering multiple times in a Royal Rumble, uh, much like Mick Foley, where he was in three times. Mm-hmm. What would be great is if you had his music play at the same time and he got out of the ring real quick, got under the ring, and changed characters. And either way, as long as his entrance theme is just as epic as the White Family theme or as epic as the uh, Demon theme, because both those theme songs are just amazing. It's just so theatrical. Ding. Have him come out in a sumo wrestler suit as Husky Harris, since you have a problem with me <laughs> obsessing over Husky Harris. I do like the mental thing, though. That's that's pretty spot on. Great job, guys. Yep. I think that's what I would do, is is just let him... Because I, I just felt like that's what was maybe the original plan, and whether they decided to, to skip out on the plan or changed it, um, you know, whether, whether the whole... I mean, COVID could have changed some of their plans they could have had it all planned that this was all going to come to a head at wrestlemania and then covid comes along and like well crap um let's just keep it going on who knows um but but i you know it just kind of seems like that might be where they're still going in some ways now that they're bringing back the old bray wyatt character a bit there's definitely room for him to do lots of stuff with that though yeah. I just wanted to go ridiculous because I knew that Smarks was going to go with some type of uh, sociopath advancement to the sociopath. I mean, some might say a corporate owner can be a sociopath. Ooh. Some would say that um, most studies suggest that corporate owners and CEOs are almost all actually sociopaths. So, you know. Damn. But, but so... That's what I would do. I think uh, I think that kind of closes the cases on that. So why don't we move on to Ring of Honor, AEW, or Impact? Our lovely game. We replaced our previous game because uh, this is way more fun. So it's simple. I'm going to give a list of three WWE wrestlers, and they need to relocate them to a different company, whether it's Ring of Honor, AEW, or Impact. So I'm going to start off with uh absent wrestlers these are wrestlers in wwe who you do not see on tv right now for various reasons still still under contract though but they're still under contract yes okay um they're just absent for the very and you'll know the reasons at least on two of them as soon as i name them so here are your choices uh who, who do you move to ring of honor who do you move to AEW? who do you move to impact we've got roman reigns Becky Lynch and Titus O'Neil. <laughs> I'll go first, I guess. Um, Becky to AEW. I mean, not while she's pregnant, but you know, Might after, be a good 
And while she's pregnant. She's come back to wrestling. Yeah, it would be bad for the baby if she took a hit from Nyla Rose. Um, or anybody else. Chris Statlander, it doesn't matter who. Just Nyla's kind of the beast. So, um, in fact, she calls herself the native beast. Um, so Becky to AEW, because that division would definitely benefit from Becky. Um, Roman to Impact. Um, I don't know that there's necessarily a giant benefit there. I mean, other than other than star power for Impact, I don't know that it gains Roman much. Um, and uh, Titus O'Neil the ROH to learn how to be a wrestler. <laughs> Man. Where they have technical skills. Break. Yeah. <laughs> well, if we had Adam Wilborn as a fan, we do not anymore. So. Why? Uh, Adam Wilborn is a huge Titus O'Neil. Oh, that's great. Well, I'm just saying he can learn to be a better wrestler. His well, he's learned fantastic. to be great humanitarian since he's going up for ESPN's Humanitarian Award for all the work he's done. Dick. I said nothing about anything except for his in-ring skills. No, no, for sure. I'm just saying the guy needs uh, an opportunity, but you know, it's it's your it's your thought process. Okay, well, so you have, now. Well, <laughs> definitely, I like your idea with uh, Becky Lynch going to uh, AE Dubs for sure. I do that. They definitely need another woman's. Any, another, one, of those, uh, any one of those companies benefits from Becky, big for time. Sure. Big time, uh, and but then then the other way I would just switch it up. Titus O'Neil would go to Impact because I feel like maybe Impact could do something with Titus, and uh, like whatever Roman could just go ROH. No, I feel like I feel like WWE doesn't give him a lot of stuff to do in the ring because all of the matches we've seen him, it's only been like literally five minute matches, and he always ends up getting squashed. So they haven't really given him that opportunity to showcase his skills, at least in the last. Well, whenever he's been on TV in the last, like, what, let's say three I years? I don't know. When he was a PTP, you know, that was pretty entertaining. PTP. player. Oh, right. Yeah. True. I just don't recall any of their matches at the moment because I don't think they were that significant. That's because he got overshadowed by his partner coming out of the closet. And that was really kind of sad. But it's true. True. So hopefully no one comes out of the closet this time and uh, he gets a better push at impact. And I'm glad his partner came out of the closet. I'm not like dogging that happening or anything. I just think that no, no, no. I just, I just missed it in that regard. Like, exactly well, it's for him to do that. But in in fairness, Titus didn't do much to help his uh, being taken serious with certain foibles that he had, including the greatest Royal Rumble slide. Um, yeah, the, unfortunately, right now that's what he's most remembered for. Yeah, the those kind of for lack of a better term, stained his reputation. Yeah. And that wasn't intentional. It, it wasn't. It was a total foible. It was entirely a, a, a mistake. But now, you know, that's all that people will think of him for. Um, DFA and I had long had discussions long ago, long before we even had the podcast, of where they messed up with the Titus Worldwide faction. And, um, you know, they, they had them put together as this faction, like Titus was going to help make them all uh, stars, kind of like a nice guy version of the Dark Order. But but then he didn't do anything to help him, right? We we thought that he should do local, <laughs> local sponsorship. So, like, Jim's Transmissions would have sponsored the wrestler that week. 
I mean, just and kind of a, a play on the fact that the big guys like Brock Lesnar get sponsorships by Jimmy John's and so on and so forth. That he's he's just a two-bit player, so he can't get Jimmy John's, but coming into town, he could get, yeah, Jim's Transmission or, or whatever the local Bob's subway Diner. shop is, Bob's Diner, to, to sponsor and, and put it on the trunks of the person wrestling. Uh, I think gold and and you could actually get people to really legitimately you know okay well fine we'll throw 150 bucks at being on on uh somebody's trunks <laughs> and he, even if you didn't charge the pr standpoint of it suddenly makes wwe look like nice guy wwe because they're giving yeah. free advertising to local businesses when they come to town um and and it, include house shows on that where yeah. you know you come into town and Basically, you just ask the arena, hey, who's your biggest sponsor, you know, at this arena? Okay, great. We're going to put, you know, you just have a simple screen printer in the back where you can just You're put together. You put runs on, on, on yeah. somebody's butt. Yeah, runs on a butt and go out and rest. Heck, you, you, can even just, you can even just use use fabric paint. Just have, have yeah. uh, a blank, you know, set of tights and just have someone really quickly write runza on it, you know? And, and it smudges uh, off during the match. God, that'd be hilarious. <laughs> eventually, you have people like like Apollo Crews come out, and they, they get it painted onto their chest so it's bigger because you can charge more for the bigger advertisement. Um, <laughs> and have him hand Apollo his, his commission check for the sponsorship on one of the episodes. Yep. Just be like, here you go, man. Here's your 12 bucks. All right. <laughs> and so... They could have played it off so many ways, but in the end, it was just like, I mean, I didn't even know what he was supposed to be doing. For, was he a motivational speaker? He didn't really talk to motivate he didn't, them. He didn't coach he, them. He wasn't a manager. He wasn't involved he wasn't in managing. He wasn't coaching. He, he, he was just, you know, <laughs> you're part of my team now. And so just even, even if they wanted to play off NASCAR a bit, have them, you know, show them pulling up to the arena in their... 1999 Ford Taurus with uh, local businesses plastered all over it. <laughs> um, you know, yeah, a, a it, lot of fun I, stuff they could have done it, with. Yeah, there's just a lot of fun stuff you could do with that. But anyway, all right. So it's my turn, or, or J, JLB? Sure. Do you want to make sure that you don't get skipped here? Yeah, no, you can almost certainly go. Okay, so um, I don't play by your rules. And I've already said I wasn't going to do it this week, so I'm not going to do it this week. It's going to be NXT, Raw, SmackDown. And I don't have a clue who I'm going to choose for that. But <laughs> I, I told you I was going to do it the wrong way, and I'm going to do it the wrong way. And so I'm going to go with Brian Cage. Um, oh, smack. Uh, Brian Cage, Moose, and Jay Lethal. Okay, Brian Cage, Moose, Jay Lethal. Um, I think that's it's actually a little easier than you kind of think. Brian Cage has of the main of the WWE shows main roster definitely. He's just got that look. I, we've we've oh, joked before yeah. about Vince McMahon it's seeing Brian Cage and uh, 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 uh. um, so so he goes on Raw because. Even though uh, SmackDown is on Fox with way more potential viewers, Vince still considers Raw his show. It's his God, big show. Ron versus Brian. That's sad, but okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, there are rumors that the brand split disappears here soon anyways, but that's neither here nor there. Um, 
You could still move Braun over to to Raw at some point. Just have him lose the title or have him do another swap again. If you've got Brian Cage versus uh, Drew McIntyre, that's a great match too. So Brian yeah. Cage versus Drew McIntyre. Uh, Brian Cage versus Bobby Lashley. I mean, those are some yeah. big host battles that would be fun to watch. Um, have, and inversely... Bobby Lashley would be good. Yeah, inversely, you can keep Ron over on SmackDown because he's going to get a chance to fight Moose. Yeah, I figured you were going to go the big guys on the main roster. Yep, that's that makes it easy. And Jay Lethal can be in in NXT. He's still, I mean, he's no spring chicken His mic anymore. Skills make it relevant everywhere. Yeah, but he's got the mic skills. He can he can go down there. He's still flippy do enough that he could hang with the guys in NXT pretty easily. Um, so yeah, that's where I would go with that. Um, but you know, you could make the argument either way for Moose and and Brian Cage, because uh, either way would be fun. But because you let's... get Keith Lee versus Moose, or Keith Lee versus Brian Cage, or Dijak mm. versus either of them, and yeah. But Damian Priest, Damian Priest versus Brian Cage, how fantastic would that match be? Oh my gosh. I am willing to bet hard money that that match happened uh, in a previous life. Yes, uh, when he wasn't called Damian Priest. Snap. Anyway. Um, so, okay, so it's it's who again? Brian Cage, Brian Jay Cage, Lethal? Jay Lethal and Moose, who is the TNA world champion right now. Right, who's been for a hot minute. Not the Impact world champion. Uh, okay, fair enough. Um, okay, so... I do like, yeah, I'm going to be lame and probably do the same because I do like Jay Lethal and NXT, though. I like that. I think that's, I think that, because I think them moving Jay Lethal over to the main rosters would just kill him completely. (laughs) Vince would bury him. You're right. And NXT would just at least, you know, give him that opportunity to shine. And, um, yeah. And then Brian Cage. Well, if you know, with what the let's say if the roster, how the roster stay as is, and there's no like change ups or whatever have you, um, I think Brian Cage would be better suited on SmackDown. See, I did too, but uh, he's got a lot more bigger guys to kind of mess around with there. I feel like Raw is a bit more flippy. Uh, you have a lot more at not that Brian Cage isn't athletic and so on. It's just Brian Cage. Uh, you know, Vince is gonna want more of that. You know, big yeah. guy versus big guy. I mean, like Lashley. I just, I don't know, man. I'm just not entertained by Lashley, unfortunately. Everything that Lashley seems to be doing now, like the whole thing with MVP, I'm just super annoyed by. Uh, it's just, I feel like it's not going. MVP's doing his darndest to make it seem interesting and great. Uh, but this whole Apollo Cruz Lashley MVP trio is just stupid. Um, so. Yeah, and that's how I would kind of do it. I'd have Jay Lethal at NX, uh, NXT, Brian Cage on SmackDown, and uh, I don't know why I keep forgetting the third guy. Moose. Moose. And Moose, I don't know much about Moose, though, so I don't know. I guess Moose will just have to do on Raw, who's kind of the go-to for Moose. Moose. Moose has excellent mic skills, and he's a big dude. Like, okay. Like and not... he's had matches against both of those guys, both of the of the top contenders right now. Um, so, so just an interesting note: uh, Punishment Martinez, now known as Damian Priest, and uh, Brian Cage have only ever been in the ring together once, and they never wrestled. 
never wrestled one-on-one against each other. They were in a multi-man match one time. And I will give either of you 20 bucks if you can guess when it was. Like, I'm guessing it was an impact from the way you're talking. Um, I'm going to say an indie, like 2007. No. Any guess from JLB? I'm guessing it's an indie promotion, but I'm guessing it's early on. Like, I'm saying 2003, 2004. You are also wrong. It is not an indie promotion. Sort of. Um, oh. 20 bucks. But it was 2018. <laughs> oh, really? Yes. It was the number one contendership match for the Ring of Honor World title, <laughs> but it was not at a Ring of Honor show. Oh, really? Oh, it was at All In Zero Hour. Oh, really? <laughs> it was the over-budget battle royal for All In Zero God, Hour. I remember those two being that in that. Featured Flip Gordon, Austin and Billy Gunn, Brandon Cutler, Bully Ray, Cheeseburger, Chucky e. T, Colt Cabana, Ethan Page, Hurricane Helms, Jimmy Jacob, Jordan Grace, Marco Stunt, Moose was also in this match. Wow. Uh, Rocky Romero, Tommy Dreamer, Trent, Punishment Martinez, and Brian Cage. That's incredible. And this was the one that uh, Flip Gordon, under the disguise as Chico El Luchador, won to go on to the main event match later on in the night. And lose. And lose, yeah. <laughs> so, right. so we have not seen technically Brian Cage versus Punishment Martinez. Um, and won't for, you know, at least four years. <laughs> now, I am relatively certain that we will see quite a few uh, Brian Cage versus Moose. Um, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, there. there yeah. are, are any of them singles matches? Let's. Um, Fatal Four Way. Up, oh, yep, there. Singles match in 2019 versus Moose and Impact. Um, and then one before for a crossover show with BTW and Impact. And then another one on Impact Wrestling. So they've wrestled quite a few times. Yeah. So. All right. Okay. Well, that's about it for the night, isn't it? Yep, that's about it for the night. We're going to go ahead and... <laughs> Uh, come on, JLB. We're All right. Get you this time. So, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, you didn't. Um, okay, so I'm going to make it a little bit interesting. Uh, you're going to be doing uh, a character thing. This time it's not going to be Diesel, though. Don't worry. It won't be a Diesel thing or fake Diesel or whatever <laughs> have you. Don't um, but you are going to be booking The Undertaker. Undertaker Phenom, Undertaker American Badass, and uh, I guess Dead Man Inc. Undertaker. I guess that's his three characters, technically, in either AEW's ROH or um, uh, Impact. Okay. So, Phenom, you're saying, is pre-American Badass, and Dead Man Inc. is post-American Badass. Unless unless we do, unless we scratch Dead Man Inc. and we do Ministry Taker, because that was technically more of yeah, a it's character. It's different than Phenom. Absolutely. No, 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 no. Phenom, it's definitely different. Yeah, exactly. So, Phenom, yeah. Ministry and uh american badass i'll go with it um i'm gonna bring the ministry to aew and i know that most people would be like well, what are you doing that's horrible um, i'm gonna have him take over the dark order 
Yep, clearly. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> that just makes sense. Um, uh, I'm going to have... Uh, oh... Phenom in... Phenom in ROH. I just think that that... That they... Their character work... With, ah, God. Impact did a whole stinking pay-per-view about characters. And so it's tough not to put him in there, but I think the Phenom character could really elevate ROH. And ROH has some really good character work um, when it does it. But when they don't, there's so many wrestlers that try to be The Rock now or try to be Adam Cole, baby, or try to be try to be these the, the personality that is just pompous, arrogant guy. Um, and I think a guy like Phenom taker coming into ROH um, get some of those guys to understand that it's okay to be a character Jay Lethal is a character when he's black black machismo um, and so it's just I just think there's so much that can be done in ROH with that especially considering they do some really good character work there um, which means I've got um, American ba- an American Badass works well with Impact really well with Impact so yeah. I, yeah, I, I wasn't even thinking about that line. I was thinking of, of what makes the Phenom the best in the Phenom land, and I think that that's the way I would go. I think that you could, in that scenario, you could swap AEW and ROH pretty easily, but I, the more I think about it, the more American Badass fits Impact. Like, <laughs> it's a perfect fit for Impact. So um, you could do Phenom and AEW pretty easily, but I, I, I would rather see Ministry Taker in AEW. And yeah. I'm just gonna go go ahead and shit all over that and go opposite and everything. <laughs> you're, not, you're not putting you're not putting um you're not putting American Badass in Impact. No, I'm not putting American Badass okay, in Impact. Go for it. I want to hear so, it. So for me, um, Impact recently has had a whole lot of really dark supernatural characters. So uh, at that point, I think the Ministry undertaker fits really well in with sue young with uh yeah uh reverend james or whatever his name is yeah james mitchell um and and um rosemary the demon you know and so kind of fits in with that section of impact really well right now yeah i can see it so so that's why i would put put uh ministry taker there um I would put American Badass Taker in Ring of Honor because for the most part, a few small characters um, aside, AEW has has stuck pretty heavily to real world stuff. Like, don't get me wrong, they've got Abaddon who's, they just signed and she's some sort of demon zombie sort of character, Uh, but they haven't really gone too much into what drives her. They've got Chris Statlander who uh, is an alien, but but they really play it off kind of like she thinks she's an alien rather than she's actually an alien. You know what I mean? Yeah. So uh, the American Badass uh, Undertaker, I feel, would fit in really well, especially uh, looking at recently how they had Cody Rhodes pull up to the arena in his big old blacked out Ford F-150. Um, and then they had FTR pull up in their classic pickup truck it that's just dying out for undertaker pulling up on the on his bike on the chopper yeah so so that leaves phenom taker for ring of honor that's the toughest one to really justify 
But like you say, Ring of Honor does have a fair amount of character work that they can deal with there. Um, so, so I think they're so you agree, able agree to be there. Yeah, they're able to take the phenom and and roll with it there. Um, it does bring up an interesting point. You talking about so many people trying to be the next Rock or the next Stone Cold, or you know, um, I guess when the, you look at it, Impact is trying to be another. There's a lot of people who try to be Undertaker. Yep, but but you know, the, recently, um, can't remember who said it, but someone said that uh, Angel Garza is the next Eddie Guerrero, and I kept thinking to myself, why does he got to be the next Eddie Guerrero, man? Why can't he be the first Angel Garza? Angel Garza. <laughs> yeah. um, and and in fairness, Jim Jim Ross said the same thing about Sammy Guevara that he is in his mind the next. And I'm like, come on, man, let them be the first them, man. We don't yeah. have to keep saying you're the next whatever. And no one, I mean, I guess yeah, as humans, we have to compare them, right? And we're oh. not going to be like, well, this person's going to be completely individual, because no if one... we were all that, if we had so much foresight like that, we'd be bookers. So and why do we have to a... make it race based then? Why can't oh, they keep oh. be the next Chris Benoit? Yeah, but I say no, no one looked I, at think Lex Luger and said he's going to be the next Hulk Hogan, right? Except for Vince. Except for Vince, right? But he didn't put it out there. As he didn't pitch him as the next whatever. He just yeah. said he he's the next main guy, right? Yeah. And let him let him build his own sort of a thing. You know, no one looked at at uh, Sting and said he's going to be the next Ultimate Warrior. Arguably, he was the first Ultimate Warrior. Uh, <laughs> but but that's beside the point there. You know, it it's a relatively recent thing for us to uh, look at at an athlete and say they're going to be the next whatever. Like no one looked at Michael Jordan and said he's going to be the next Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Um, and in hindsight, uh, people would have punched that person in the face saying, "No, he's the first Michael Jordan," because we gave him credit for being who he is, right? Um, now, in fairness, now we look at people and there's the whole argument about LeBron James. Is is he the next Michael Jordan? He's never as good. He, LeBron he, James, he, damn it. <laughs> yeah. no, he's the first LeBron James. Um, it's, it's a different game now than it was when Michael Jordan uh, played it. Michael Jordan playing in today's NBA probably wouldn't dominate quite as big as he did because the defenses are different. The uh, play structure is different. The you know the way they set up teams is so much different. Um, but that being said, I don't think LeBron James would be as dominant in 1990 NBA. Um, it's the evolution of the sport just in general. So all I'm saying is, let's not say anyone is the next anything. Let's just let them be the first them. Like I don't look at Cody Rhodes and says, oh, he's going to be the next Triple H. I say he's he's the first Cody Rhodes, right? I don't even say he's going to be the next American dream. And he's worked really hard to not be his dad. He's the American nightmare. He's different. Anyways, that's my rant. Yep, yep, I enjoyed it. But on that note, let's kind of bring this to a close. We will close the book on the Fantasy Booking Institute. I said before to make sure to like, share, and subscribe to the podcast. On whatever platform you use, there's going to be a follow or a share, a like, or a subscribe, something like that. Click on that to make sure you get notified when we post new episodes. Um, 
follow us on Twitter. You can follow me at Raw and Order WBU. You can follow DA Fabat. <laughs> this is his cute to say, uh, DA Vincent K. Fabe. One job. I feel oh. like we lost DA Fabe. Um, Just follow your boy, Justin JLB, uh, Mr. RCMP, on Twitter at JLB420. Real Talk Radio is the brand. That's at Real Talk Radio 8, anchor.fm slash RTR. Also, you can review us on Apple Podcasts. Give us five stars, just like the number of wrestlers that I slowly became less of a fan of uh, this weekend. Um, I'm really sorry. I didn't realize my phone was muted. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. Uh, this yeah, like it was this, a pleasant surprise. Yeah. This hey, weekend, you're really good at those Twitter things. <laughs> oh, please don't say I'm really good at Twitter. That is... Um, <laughs> Actually, I was talking about JLB because man, he can rant about his JLB 420. Oh yeah, he can go off on that. But so, um, you can also go to our Wix site, find it in the pinned tweet uh, on my Twitter or in the doobly doos for this episode and most of the episodes. Actually, there you can find ways to all the ways to listen to us, all the different platforms we're on. You can even listen to the show right there. Um, and uh, you'll have links to our merch shop, which I've mentioned before, shop.spreadshirt.com slash raw and order WBU. If you want to support us and you don't want to sign up for our Patreon and send us money weekly or monthly, anything like that, you can just order some merch from our Spreadshirt um, shop. It's a great way to support us and doesn't cost you a ton. And if that's even too much, the easiest and simplest and absolutely free way to support us is to share this episode and all of our episodes onto whatever social media platform you use the most or all of them it takes and very little that, time sharing is caring yes yep. and now you know and knowing's half the battle gi joe i'm just dating myself right there um <laughs> i dated myself once yeah it was amazing <laughs> felt so good you dated yourself again <laughs> several times but on that note i think we will close the book so uh thanks for listening we will see you all soon